All right, here we go, here we go, here we go. Welcome, everybody. This is the inaugural episode of From the Fridge Podcast. I am Jay Thomas, your host. And let's get started. Man, has it been a day in the golf world. Let me be honest with you guys. I originally had a whole different podcast recorded intro pod, what to expect, all that nonsense. And then I woke up this morning, was sitting at work, and boom, the alerts from ESPN and Golf Digest start going off on the phone and the watch. And what are they talking about? That Live and the PGA Tour have merged. Technically, they've merged with the DP World Tour 2, but... Well, they're kind of a non-entity in this thing. It's The big news is the PGA Tour and Live have merged. WTF. Man, I was, I was chomping at the bit to get home today and record this because I have been wanting to go off on this for the longest time. I will talk to anybody about this live thing. And usually, my opinion, well, I want to say my opinion is not that popular. But, you know, when you're on the course and you're talking to to normal people, most people really didn't care. They just thought it was more golf. And they were pretty excited about it. Um... You know, I saw a meme today. I think it was picked up by uh, Zaire Golf. And it said, Live Golf just pulled off a Michael Scott paper company in real life. Any of you guys that uh, watch The Office will get that reference. But man, is it true. What did Live do? Wow. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Uh We're going to be talking about Liv and the PGA Tour merger. I mean, I think it's a hot, hot way to uh, start off a podcast. You know, the inaugural episode, like I said. So let's just get right into the nitty gritty and do this, man. You know, so starting off with it, one of the biggest things that really bothered me about the whole, I guess you could call it the feud between the PGA Tour and Liv, um was a lot of the rhetoric. Um, And yeah, I do understand that, you know, uh, Greg Norman, you know, has some some bad blood in history with the PGA Tour. Um, If you ever checked out his 30 for 30 by on ESPN, it was really, really good, really informative. I do remember watching him play when I was uh, younger with my grandfather. A lot of those guys, I do remember watching them play. Um, but the rhetoric, man, like, oh, it's a Saudi-backed league. Everyone that talked about it, I don't care if it was ESPN, Golf Channel, uh, Golf Digest, everyone always referred to live as the Saudi-backed league. Like, it was going to bring some some weight to their argument when they said Saudi-backed league. Let's be honest, who gives 
a damn. Like, honestly. Saudi money is in everything. And if you don't believe it is, do yourself a favor. Do a little research. That's all. You will find that Saudi money and money from this public investment fund is in everything. I mean, everything. So let's put that moral high ground of the Saudi-backed money to rest. No one really gives a damn. They don't. So, boom, knock it off the board. It's done. Scratch that one off the list. Something else that really bothered me was when they would talk about these players, the guys like... uh, uh, Ian Poulter, um, Phil Mickelson, Cam Smith, Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson. We all know. We all know who went. You know, oh, they're irrelevant. They're irrelevant now, or they're washed up. Blah blah blah. Well, let's see here. Brooks and Phil, at the last two majors, have made quite the splash, and so have some of the other players who have wound wound up in the top ten um, of the last two majors. So, you know, again, we can scratch that one off the list of uh, being ir- ir- irrelevant and uh, washed up. Sorry, a little tongue-tied here. But, again, it's like, it was like beating a dead horse. And... It just got old. Like, the trashing from the PGA side and their little little cronies in the media, it just got old. So, again, I feel, especially after the PGA Championship and Brooks, Brooks Kepka winning, we could go back to the Masters with him and Phil Mickelson going one or two. Those arguments... They're off the board too. Just toss them away. Little fadeaway jump shot to the trash can as far as I'm concerned. And then you have you have the other one. The whole it's tradition, honor, and legacy. I'm sure Jay Monahan blew that line up the keisters of every single player in previous player player meetings. And you can tell there were certain players out there that um, you could just tell maybe they even thought about it, but they were trying to take the high road. They were, uh, towing the company line. I uh, had a friend back in the day. Uh, he would say they were right. They would ride for the brand. So there were a bunch of PGA golfers that just, you know, were riding for the brand and, uh, you know, would always have that pre prepared script, the tradition and honor and legacy you know what, you can, you can, I'll tell you what you can do with that. If you know your history of the PGA, uh, of America and the PGA Tour, the PGA Tour separated from the PGA of America, I think it was like 1968. And what was it over? It was over money. Now, not the kind of money we're talking about today, but in 1968 money, it was a nice piece of change. So let's not talk. I mean, so your legacy of what, 68? 
That would be uh, about 50 some odd years, I think. But um, anyway, so yeah, you can toss legacy out the window too, especially when these live golfers were able to still play in the majors. So here they were. They might have been banned from the tour, but they were still able to participate in the majors and they were getting a fat paycheck to do so. And they were still getting, uh, I think they were still getting uh, OWGR in, by playing in the majors. So it seemed like a win-win for these guys. But nonetheless, I, I guess it all seems like it's, uh, it's a non-existent point now. But, you know, these were the things that really bothered me about the argument. Instead of just saying, hey, look, these guys decided to go do what they they wanted to do. Yeah, we all knew it was about money. I'm sure a, a shorter schedule was ni- nicer. Playing playing internationally was probably pretty cool too. And I really hope that they continue to do that. Um, I know that they've uh, in reading the um, in reading the uh, let's see what was the letter that uh, that um, Jay Monahan put out to the uh, the players. They still want to to. Uh, you know, keep some aspects of live involved moving forward. And honestly, one of them, I think it is, they should keep is more of the international play that tournament in Australia. That thing was wild. And I live in, uh, I live in Scottsdale, Arizona. I go to the waste management every year. It's a party. It is fun. The people are out, the plays are out. Everybody's having fun. I mean, I almost feel that that should be a fifth major in the PGA, so, you know, hopefully they'll keep that international uh, aspect alive there. But um, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I, I know the the letter did end that there's a lot of things to figure out moving forward. But uh, we'll see what they decide to do with this because I do believe that there is a uh, a really big opportunity at hand. Um, moving, you know to do something really, really cool that it's never been seen before. We'll see if they do it. You know, Jay Monahan, he, uh, he's kind of a clown. So, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, another thing that, oh yeah. <laughs> another thing that really, really bothered me was, um, when all this was going down and people were leaving and the PGA tour announced the band on its players, they went after the college kids, man. And that, that really, really struck a nerve with me. You know, these kids were coming out of college, and I think it was uh, Jay Monahan and the PGA Tour said that any kid coming out of college who had been involved in the PGA Tour Tour U program, if they decided to go to live, then they would give all of that up and not have a chance to join the PGA to the PGA Tour. And I'm sitting there thinking. Dude, these guys haven't even made a decision yet, and you're already threatening them. It was just a lot of bullying tactics. Let's, you know, let's call it for what it is. This entire situation, Jay Monahan has used the media and used other players. He got Rory and Tiger wrapped up to this. I really feel bad for Rory on this one, but got them all wrapped up and, um, Oh, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Got them all wrapped up, 
and just bullied everyone. And come to find out, it didn't work. And there's got to be egg on that guy's face. I, mean, I read a little a statement earlier before I uh, jumped onto the pod here. And, you know, he's talking about he knows what he said and he knows it seems, you know, hypocritical, but he made the decisions with the information he had. Okay, sir. Okay. We'll let that one slide, but no one's buying that for a second. But uh, then you had the media blitz, the attacks, uh, and there were two guys. I just got to sound off on these guys real quick. Eamon, Eamon Lynch and and uh, Brandel Ch- and uh, Brandel Ch- Chambly. I think that's how you say his name, right? Anyway, these two guys, man, you could not mention live without these guys going into a tissy and losing their mind. God, did they ride for the brand. I like using that phrase, ride for the brand. But man, they would go at any given moment. The little, like a sniff of live. And these two hounds of Jay Monahan were there to just lap up the company water and and go to work for Jay Monahan. It was quite a... It was quite uh, sickening, to say the least. It, it really was. So, moving forward, like, what is what is the golf landscape going to look like? I don't know. I've been thinking about this all day, you know, and when a question popped up into my head or a thought, I'd write it down. And uh, so... Um, We'll try to figure that out together. I'm going to throw some things out there. Let's let's try to see what is this going to look like moving forward. Um, one thing I want to know is now that this merger has officially been announced, and um, it's. We're going to play out the 2023 season like normal, but next year, you know, these guys will have an opportunity to rejoin the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour. I'm sure they're going to have to pay some fine according to their uh, respective charters or rules and regulations. You know, the Dustin Johnsons, the Brooke Kepkas, the Sergio Garcias, Phil Mickelson, Phil Mickelson's guys, they'll be back next year from what it looks like. So are these guys eligible now to start earning official world golf rankings, OWGR? I mean, that's been a big, you know, fight for live. Can these guys now all of a sudden, or is the PGA for the rest of 2023 going to recognize live Liv's events and allow them to earn uh, uh, points and ranking? And ranking? Uh, I don't know. I think it'd be kind of cool if they did. I mean, you really want to show that the, the hatchet is buried. Why not let them earn, earn a golf ranking for the rest of the year? Um. Another thing that really uh, has popped out when when reading today was that um, 
Greg Norman and the PGA players, they had absolutely no clue that this merger was happening. The uh, the head of the public investment fund said that he called Greg Norman and, and some other um, high-ranking officials within LIV moments before he got on CN- CNBC today and, and announced the merger. You know, you let's, you let's if you're plugged into the golf world as much as I am, I am a self... Uh, a self-proclaimed uh, attic when it comes to golf. I am obsessed. Um, I get, I'm plugged into all the news sources and, and the meme pages and, and the podcasts and whatnot. They're saying that Rory, who's like on the players board and Tiger and none of these guys knew what was going on. And I find for a player run league, I find that, fascinating but it happened another thing i want to know about is uh what's going to happen with sponsorships i mean when this all happened kpmg and callaway dropped phil mickelson like that pat perez who uh lives out here in scottsdale and was a pxg player he was dropped and um you know pxg came out and took a pro-America stance and um, talked about that they were uh, they weren't going to support uh, you know a, a Saudi funded tour but now it looks like according to the press release that the Saudi public investment fund is going to be putting a lot of money and becoming a major if not uh, title sponsor to the PGA Tour. So do these guys get their sponsorships back? I mean, if there was a moral clause that would allow these guys to, to um, these companies to to cancel these sponsorships, can a Pat Perez and a, and a Phil Mickelson turn around to KP, KPMG and PXG and Callaway and say, hey, you know, in light of recent events, y'all falsely uh, terminated my my sponsorship agreement, what are we going to do about it? I mean, I don't want to say the, the, you know, I don't want to say a litigation word or suing because I think that can, that always just gets blown out of proportion, but do they have a conference conversation say, do we pick up, pick up where we left, left off? I mean, I don't know. Again, sorry about being a little tongue tied here guys, but just a lot of thoughts running through my head today. Um, I personally believe, because I was talking talking to someone earlier, like, what happened for this turn of events here? Because it just wasn't the beginning of this year. Uh, maybe it was Riviera. I think it was Riviera that uh, Jay Monahan was in the booth and he was, you know, just running his mouth, trashing Liv, we're never going to merge with them, we are strong, we are united, and all this other stuff. And we wake up today and we find out what happened. Uh, I think Riviera is what, in February, I believe? Here we are in June, so just a few months have gone by. What changed? And, you know, to be honest with you, I believe... 
that the PGA Tour needs or slash needed live more than live needed the PGA Tour. And that became, and I think the catalyst to all of this was when Brooks Kepka made that incredible run at the Masters and fell short on the very last day to, to John Rahm, who, by the way, has been very neutral through all this. And that shows what kind of a class act that man is. But at the Masters, you had Phil Mickelson and Brooks Kepka tying for second place. This goes back to the rhetoric we talked about earlier about being washed up and irrelevant. They made a statement that these guys that are on the live live tour, they can still play. Then we fast forward to the PGA Championship, and who's there again? Mr. It's old Brooksy, Mr. Kepka. And he wins the tournament. I think at that point, Jay Monahan realized he was screwed. Because now you have these guys going to live for just, I'm talking just filthy amounts of money. We've all read about it. If you haven't read about it, we'll discuss a little bit a little bit of that here in a, in a minute. But, I mean, filthy amounts of money. They still get to come over and play the majors, which, let's be real, it's kind of like football or baseball. You want to play professionally. Why? Because you, you want to win a World Series or you want to win a Super Bowl. I mean, the regular season games, those are what lead up to that, but that's the ultimate prize. Well, in golf, it's the majors. So these guys were able to go to live, play what, 12 times a year is what they're, I think they're playing this year. They signed contracts for just stupid, a stupid amount of money, some of them. Others were offered just ludicrous money. And then they're playing for purses that are, what, I think $4 million. I mean, so that's a good hefty chunk of change there. And then you can, they had the team aspect, which they could win money off of that. So I think after the PGA Championship with Brooksy winning, I think that's when Jay Monahan realized he was screwed. Because now what's stopping more of his guys from jumping over there to live, taking advantage of that, but still getting over here to win the Masters because that's what matters. So I believe you you heard it here. I don't know if I'm the first to say it. It's the first I'm hearing it. But I think this started off with with major season this year. And I think the PGA bowed more to live than the other way around. And I think it was evident in Jay Monahan's letter to his uh, to the players today, he started this letter off as the PGA Tour, your tour, 
emphasizing your tour, is leading the way. Now I went ahead and read the rest of this this uh, this letter, but right there, the PGA Tour is leading the way. In other words, I realize I screwed up. I've been hard nosed about this, and I've got egg on my face now that Brooksy won, and I'm trying to uh, do the best I can to save face. That's how I read the opening line to that man's letter. Because who does this affect the most? And, and if you ask me, this affects the players that decided to stick around with the PGA Tour. I mean, they've got to be pissed. There was a, uh, a players meeting today, and uh, I read I read a little, you know, a little excerpt from one of these golf um, insiders. Uh, man, I want to be an insider one day. I think that'd be really cool, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, one of these insiders said that the negative slash positive reaction to what happened today was something ridiculous like uh, like 10, 10, to, 10 to 1 or something crazy like that. It's just, it's the overwhelming uh, thought right now among the PGA players is they, they weren't, they weren't happy. Oh, here it is right here. It says uh, estimated negative slash positive split to be 90, 10 in the player meeting. It included a standing ovation when the room called for new tour, um, new tour leadership. This was uh, off of Zaire golf and it was Rick Geeman at Rick run good on Twitter who uh, put that out there. But I mean, it goes to show, I mean, here are some reported numbers of, you know, what happened. Apparently, and again, these were reported, Tiger turned down $800 million to, to join Liv. Rory turned down $500 million. Hideki, $300 million. And Will Zalatoris, $150 million. These guys turned that money down to stay with the tradition, honor, and legacy of the PGA Tour, you know, chuckle, chuckle there, and now they're sitting there wondering what just happened. I mean, the live players seem to be the ones that are getting the best of this deal. These live players cashed in their money, have been playing some golf, and next year we'll be able to be right back at the PGA Tour, you know, back at the grind, back out there with their buddies with fat, fat wallets. I mean, it, it's a mess, guys. I mean, I feel bad for the guys that, you know, took took Jay at face value when he talked about the honor and the tradition and the legacy. And you have to tip a cap. To, to the gamblers, the guys that went to live and took that risk because, man, they are they are looking quite smart right now. But moving forward, 
I guess they were also saying that uh, as a part of this murder, any kind of litigation that was in going on between the two uh, organizations will now stop. And um, oh, I think they said something about the PGA will find a way to um, integrate the team aspect uh, moving forward into the PGA Tour. And I, you know, I like the team aspect. Honestly, there was a lot of um, there was a lot of um, pushback on that, but it was really Ryder Ryder Cup or President's Cupish to me. Uh, I thought that it was cool that these guys were playing for an individual prize, but even though, even though they might not have their game on a particular weekend, if a couple other members in in their team had their game going on, then they had something to play for, and still had something to push for to try to get that that uh, that team trophy for the event. I thought it was pretty unique, and I kind of liked that. Um, oh. So another another uh, bit that I picked up today was I think it was the producer for uh, Netflix's uh, Full Swing documentary um, came out and said that um, he said, uh, you better believe we were filming when this broke. Man. Let me tell you something. If you like the first season of Full Swing, which was pretty darn good, season two, just get your popcorn ready because it's that episode. That episode is going to be wild. So, anyway, uh, yeah, these are just some of the things that have uh, gone on today in the world of golf. I mean, it's it's almost like a soap opera out here, and you know, golf is usually just so mild mannered and and quiet, and you know, it's just in in the uh, rankings of of wild sports days, this has to be up there. I mean, this was groundbreaking. I mean, ESPN's covering it. You know, I opened up Instagram and Twitter and all that other stuff today, and it was everywhere i mean and that's going on with the nba finals going on and the stanley cup you didn't hear anything of that it was nothing but the live pga tour merger so i think that's going to wrap it up for me today again i am jay thomas this is from the fringe podcast we have a uh an instagram under the same handle It's from underscore the underscore fringe. And there is also a Twitter at FRM the fringe from the fringe um, is the handle there. I couldn't get the O. It was already taken. But it's at F-R-M-T-H-E-F-R-I-N-G-E. So check us out there. Uh, feel free to uh, D- DM us. Um, love to hear some feedback from people. Your thoughts on uh, the things that were discussed and my opinions today and you know the whole whirlwind that happened today in golf. I say us because I'm doing this with a, uh, with a good friend of mine, Christian. Christian will uh, be making an appearance hopefully about once a month on the pod, but we are also 
very active together on the uh, on the Instagram. We play golf weekly. Um, we are really working on um, trying to get a YouTube channel of just outdoor out there and just you know starting up the camera and getting it rolling while we play golf. The good and the bad. Um, you know, like I said. We're both uh, obsessed with golf. I got a mediocre game. He's got a mediocre game, but we're trying to improve it. And we want y'all to be along for that ride too. So um, uh, thank you for listening today. Um, I hope everyone has a good week. Real quick, I would like to put out a little uh, congratulations to Victor Hovland and Rose Dang for their wins this past weekend. Um, Awesome, awesome stuff out of those two. Very next day, what's Victor doing? Caddying for a friend at the final stage of U.S. Open uh, qualifying. And Miss Zhang wins her uh, professional debut. First time since 1951 that that's happened on the LPGA Tour. And this young lady, about a week and a half before, was out here in Scottsdale, Arizona at Greyhawk. Uh, winning the team and the individual uh, NCAA championships for herself and the Stanford Cardinals. So that young lady's been busy and she looks like she's going to be a force to reckon with, uh, for many years to come on the LPGA tour, uh, next week, or I guess the week coming up that we're in now, we've got the RBC Canadian open. Uh, that's going to be, uh, always a, f- a fun tournament to watch. And the lady's going to be out in New Jersey uh, at the uh, Shoprite LPGA Classic, so if you have a chance this weekend to tune into those, and uh, you know, just get some golf in, you know. And uh, if you're not, if you're uh, not sitting around watching it, get out there and hit the links, man. Swing the sticks and uh, have some fun. Anyway, again, I am Jay Thomas. This is from the Fringe Podcast. We're signing off for today. Y'all, again, be safe, have a good weekend, and hit them straight.